If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, FAU Career Center is holding a virtual internship and part-time job fair on Wednesday, September 2nd from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Register on Handshake at fau.joinhandshake.com slash career underscore fairs. I know I'll be going. FAU Career Center is here to help you find internships and part-time jobs. Mitch Rochelle, friend of the show, he's the assistant director and career center liaison to the Dorothy F. Schmidt College of Arts and Letters. He's helped me with internships and jobs, and I can't tell you guys enough, you cannot pass up on this opportunity. I'll be putting the link in the description below and on our social media, so please go check it out and attend this if you are an FAU student. And uh, yeah, guys, let's get on to the show. All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Sports. I'm Jacob Brown. Joining here with Steve Cashin today. CJ is off. He's out of town. Uh, we were going to have Sawyer Stoltz on today, but he totally ditched us. Uh, really dick move by Sawyer there. I can't believe he did that to us. Uh, but he'll be on next week, uh, hopefully. We're going to be back on Owl Radio next week, FAU Owl Radio, I should say, next week. So, Steve, this is the last pod I'm recording here in Tampa. I'm heading to Boca on Sunday. Um, I know you're staying in Tampa, so we're going to have to keep doing these uh, over Skype and stuff, but we'll keep it going. So uh, I know you're, you've are you been pretty happy over the last few days. I mean, the Lightning won their playoff series, and your Rays are beating the shit out of my Yankees. So just uh, how's your week been, man? Uh, it's been pretty good. I, it started off well. It got the win, um, got the win over the weekend and, and took the 3-1 series lead. And yesterday going into uh, – clinching game i think i almost lost all my hair i thought i was gonna pull it out it was so frustrating to watch but resilient win by the lightning and then the rays are chucking along and half game out of the first place spot of the uh, al east but it's been a good week and playoff basketball is back hockey's full steam ahead and uh, baseball just keeps getting better and better we got the tatis incident this week and it's just been a whirlwind of sports and we'll get into that later Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. I mean, what are your thoughts, though, on the Lightning? I mean, getting past the Blue Jays, we'll start with the NHL playoffs. So what were your thoughts on them? I mean, you know, we were talking last week, and you guys were like, oh, I see this going six or seven. Lightning nipped it up, you know, five games, they're done, they're out of here, on to the next round. And it looks like they're facing Boston, if I'm correct. Yeah, more than likely if uh, if Boston, well, Boston already clinched, so – if the Islanders take care of business tonight and Philly takes care of themselves, then it'd be Philly and New York Islanders, and then we'd play Boston. So it's a, it's a whole reseeding thing, and it just we'll, we'll have to see how everything pans itself out. Yeah, I mean, do you? I mean, I think personally that the Lightning will probably win the series against the Bruins. I mean, I know they're three and zero since Tuukka Rask left. And first of all, I do want to clarify some of my comments on Twitter. Uh, I went pretty hard after Tuukka Rask for leaving the team out of the bubble. Some more news came out. You know, his daughter's pretty ill, uh, and that's why he left. So I was definitely uh, a little too early on the hate train for Tuka Rask. Uh, so we wish him and his family well. But, hey, they're 3-0 and with a lock. I don't think that continues. 
I think they're just a better team, period, than the Hurricanes. Uh, but when you got Tampa coming into town with Vasilevsky and you got that Tampa defense with Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev, uh, you know, you have that offense. Maybe Stamkos comes back at some point. Uh, I feel like the Lightning probably have that series under control. Yeah, I mean, going back to Columbus real quick uh, before we jump into Boston, uh, I think the Lightning really handled – we talked about it last pod. It, CJ made a great point saying it's not really – it's not too much skill. It's more of a mental aspect of trying to beat these guys. And it's a team that plays a different style than you do. It's it's very physical to the corners. You're you're fighting for every inch of the ice, um, getting hit constantly every shift. And I think that was for the superstar guys like Kucherov and Point getting through that series and being able to now open up and fly around against a Boston team or a, an Islanders team that can go up and down too. Um, I think it was a great series for the Lightning. It was at times it looked like it wasn't going to go so well. I mean, here we we could look at this this way. Uh, Columbus really could have won that series four to one themselves. Think about it. Game one could have gone their way. Two games after that, one goal games, and even yesterday, it was just it was such a up and down series. And it could have it flipped either way, and um, Lightning grinded it out, and it got to re- reap the rewards of uh, of winning those overtime games and those those tight knit games too. Um, but going on to Boston now, more than likely, uh, this, this will be a fun series to watch. It's going to open up a lot. And like I said, I don't know if Halak can uh, can keep his you know, that game going. He's played well, but I, I just don't see how the Lightning can get beat by Boston. They, they don't score five-on-five. Five. They thrive on the power play. And in and, and this series, if you're not on the, on the power play the whole time, the Lightning will bear down on you five-on-five five and, and probably outlast you. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And then you look at this. Uh, we already talked about Boston. They beat Carolina 4-1. Uh, you have Colorado now uh, beating Arizona. They beat the shit out of them the last two games, like just ran them out of town the last two games. Final last game was 7-1. to So the Avs move on. Uh, then you have Montreal uh, staving off elimination. They're still in it. Uh, so now that's 3-2 Philly. And then Vancouver took the 3-2 series lead last night. And then if I'm not mistaken, Vegas uh, already advanced, so uh, that bold prediction by Steve going right down the tubes there. Yeah, that was that was a tough one to swallow. They after they lost that overtime game, I think it was game. Two, it was right after he got off the pod uh, last week. They they had gotten the game into overtime and hit the crossbar. They ended up losing that game. That was pretty much a dagger for them. And they tried. They as much as uh they were really the heavy underdog in that series. They they fought and. Could have taken it to six or seven, I think, but uh, you know Vegas is just too deep, just heavy hitters all around that that lineup, and they just wear you down, throw every puck at the net, and and they they thrive off that and get rewarded for their hard work. and And Robin Leonard's playing good hockey too. No one, I didn't see him starting the the playoffs the way he has been, and I'm surprised they didn't play Flurry, but he's rolling and beating his former team that traded him back to uh to Vegas. So congrats to the Knights. Yeah, for sure. And uh, also the Islanders, uh, they couldn't pull off the sweep against the Capitals. They still lead the series three games to one. We're basically assuming that that series is going to the Islanders. Uh, a lot like Columbus, they're just playing a great team game, great defense, physical, and getting just what they need to win games. Uh, and then, you know, kind of, and this series is kind of irrelevant to me. Dallas is leading Calgary three games to two. I feel like what, whatever team comes on top, likely to be Dallas. They're not going much farther than that. I feel like if they face Vancouver, they're going down to that team. If Vancouver overcomes St. Louis, they're not losing to Dallas. And if Dallas has to face Vegas, there's no way 
that they win that series either. So I feel like that's the one series right now. I I, I don't really care about it that much. Yeah, the West has been kind of interesting. We have a a different dynamic over there out West than uh, we have over in the East because the East has some, it's pretty even when you look down each team. Uh, there's not really a clear favorite. Every team kind of plays a, a different style. You have Boston and Tampa who play that that up and down, going down the ice, and as well as Philly. And then you got the Islanders, uh, Montreal, who play that conservative style, um, that style of play. And then out West, the clear favorite right now is Colorado. I mean, they just oh, yeah. absolutely... They absolutely dummied uh, the desert to hugs. And, dude, they just – 7-1 the previous game was uh, – was it seven, they scored seven two games in a row, correct? No, I got to look now. Hold on. So we got – yeah, both games were 7-1. Yeah, I didn't watch yesterday's game. I, I checked the score when it was 3 nothing uh, after the first period. But I did watch all of, uh, of game four. And they just – and McKinnon, that – he is just something else. He, once he gets the puck going up the ice – He's a full steam ahead, and he's hard to stop. No one wants to body him. He just blows right by you and then puts a move on and, and just finds the net every time it seems like he touched the puck. But, yeah, out west, so going back to that Calgary series, is it's pretty much irrelevant. Uh, it's been a great series. I've watched every game. But I just don't see how those teams are going to be able to beat Colorado, who has enough offense, ton of offense to get it done. They can bear down on the defensive side, and Grubauer has been pretty solid behind the pipe, between the pipes, excuse me. Um, but other than that, I think Vancouver can give them a run for their money, um, even Vegas. So those are my three teams that can really, uh, any one of those teams can come out of there. But right now, the clear favorite is uh, is the Avs. And uh, one last hockey topic here: Do you think the Flyers could ride Carter Hart to the Cup final? Because I feel like it's possible. I mean, because here's the thing: I mean, he gave up five goals one game shut them out the next two, gives up three last night. And I feel like, here's the thing, if you lose two games to the Canadians, that's kind of a problem, right? Because, I mean, respect to them, they beat the Penguins, that's cute. But mm-hmm. you're the number one seed Flyers. You, you you should probably be through them in four or five games. So saying, oh, he shut out Montreal twice, they don't have the best offense, they really don't. Let's see him against other teams. But then you say, wait, if they face the Islanders next, the Islanders don't exactly have that offensive firehouse, so I feel like the only team they'd have to go through is either Tampa or Boston, which if it's if Carter Hart's on his game and the Flyers get a few goals a game, I feel like the Flyers really might have a chance here. Yeah, I mean, I like I liked the Flyers a lot when they're on their game, as we saw going into, uh, into the first round after the round robin. Even going into before the hiatus of the NHL, they had won uh, 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 11. Um, and they were rolling. They, no one could beat them. There was no formula to stop them. Carter Hart was really finding his game. I went to the Panthers-Flyers game down uh, in Sunrise before uh, I head back, headed back to Tampa, and, and Carter Hart looked like a, a different player from beginning of the season. And now do I think he can, they can ride him out all the way to the final? I, I have my doubts, though. I just think in this series, I've seen, you've seen really great stuff from him, two shutouts in a row. And then you've seen where Montreal can put a crooked number on him and really get and find a way to beat him. Um, this series, to me, has been the most interesting to me to watch because I want to see how Montreal would equate from beating Pittsburgh and how is Philly going to contain and find a way to beat Carey Price, who's playing good hockey as well. Montreal could easily be up 3-2 in this series. This one, They, they lost 1-0 in, in Game 3, and they lost 2-0 the other day. And Carey Price gave a bad goal, but... 
it's just weird. Montreal has that one day they come out with a ton of offense, and then they're just very stagnant. So if you're Philly, you better watch out after tomorrow night because if you go to a game seven, anything can happen. A goaltending yep. matchup, Montreal gets that one goal. It, that game seven could be a one nothing game, and if Montreal gets ahead early, they can just lock it down. And I think Philly will end up taking care of business, but um, I think if the Canadians get game six – they could very well upset the number one seed this year in the East. Uh, we will see. So uh, real quick before we go to baseball, uh, CJ's not here. He'd be able to actually explain this for us. But uh, Champions League semifinals just happened. Uh, PSG beat RP Leipzig Leipzig 3-0. And then Bayern beat Lyon 3-0. So the final uh, will be on Sunday, August 23rd. PSG and Bayern in the Champions League final. Do you have a prediction, Steve? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I, I like Byron a lot. Uh, I mean, they've looked good uh, throughout, but I, I don't really know. I, mean, I haven't really kept up with a whole lot of uh, soccer. Like CJ said, you know, you should get into it. It's the best time to get into it, uh, back into it, I should say. But Yeah, just I just didn't. I, I didn't have the time. I was just like, hey, everything else is back. <laughs> yeah, I'm more roped into into hockey right now. That's full steam ahead. I, I just The Lightning are my number one priority. Then that's the Rays. Now NFL is getting back. Uh, I've been following some training camp stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it's been focused on baseball and hockey right now. Yeah, uh, NFL, by the way, guys, we'll do a big NFL pod next Tuesday because it's coming back, like, really soon. I mean, it, I was looking at the calendar the other day. I'm like, holy shit, we're less than a month away from NFL football, which is like – I because usually when the, you know, the NBA and NHL playoffs are going on, you're not thinking football, and now it's like, oh, crap, football's here in three weeks. Exactly. Yeah. When you when you have NBA and NHL wrapping itself up, you're thinking you have draft and then you have mini camp and then, you know, training camps, obviously, you know, now late July, August. Yeah. It's crazy to think about football's around the corner. I mean, I looked at my phone uh, the other day to see uh, highlights of Brady and Gronk and pads. Oh, and God. It, just does, it doesn't even seem right. I don't even know what kind of world I'm living in where Brady <laughs> and Gronk are on the bucks and. I drive by Ray J and there's the big poster of, of Brady on the on the side of the stadium. Like, what is going on right now? But exciting stuff. I can't wait to cover football and, and it's gonna be a, a fun season for sure. All right, Steve. So let's get into baseball. Uh we gotta start with the Tatis thing because I mean it's just for some reason it's a controversy. Uh so basically what happened, the Padres were kicking the shit out of the Texas Rangers the other day. Uh Tatis comes up, by the way. He's already the best shortstop in baseball. Like, no no competition, already the best shortstop in baseball. This guy's insane. Comes up, bases loaded, winning by seven runs, top eight, and he has a 3-0 count, swings at it, hits a grand slam. He's celebrating for some reason, though. Manager of the Texas Rangers, Chris Woodward, has a problem with it, tells his pitcher to throw at Machado, throws behind his head. Manager, pitcher, suspended, they're out, and... They're over here sitting, and they're like, ah, uh, you know, unwritten rules, man. You know, you're up by seven. You you got to let that 3-0 pitch go, blah, blah, blah. And then you have Padres manager Jace Tingler saying, well, uh, he didn't see our take sign. And it's like, you kidding me? You're throwing your player under the bus? Listen, wh- when has it ever been a thing in any sport? And, and I, I, I don't understand. This is the thing with baseball and why they lose casual fans. The unwritten rules, all of them are stupid. All of them are stupid. Like, no one likes them at all. Not even the players, because they came out and backed Tatis. Even the Padres manager is like, hey, if we gave him the take sign, if he had actually seen it, this wouldn't have been a thing. 
It's like, haven't teams come back from seven runs before? If you get a pitch down the dick, down the middle, shouldn't you be hitting it? Shouldn't you be trying your best to hit it out of the park? I don't see why this is a controversy. You played, Steve. I mean, what what the hell is this? Yeah, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate, you know, a little bit. I'll, I'll go both sides, but I don't see why everyone's up in arms because, like I said, it's a, it's a six run, six seven run ball game, and I've seen it firsthand. I, I I've been on teams where or I've been on the short end side of it where you're up eight runs and we lost, and you lose an extras. I mean, it doesn't take much in baseball. Get a couple of base runners, keep the lineup. I've you've seen innings where guys they put 10, 11 guys to the plate and you score five runs. Hey. Pile it on. It's not like this game was twenty to two. Okay, if it was like if they were up by yeah, like, yeah. if you're up fifteen runs or something crazy like that, even ten or eleven. All right, take the pitch and don't let's not try to you know let's not blow this thing wide open. It's a seven run ball game. He he called game there after he hit that grand slam. Then the game's over. Then you don't just then you don't keep running it up the score. But this guy's a he's a young player trying to show that he is. The real deal, which I really do think he is. He's great in every part of his game right now. And you threw him a 3-0 fastball down the middle. What is he supposed to do? He wants to – he's looking for himself to make millions of dollars down down the road. He's the next guy who's going to get the 300 mil contract, by the way. And yeah, for his own team to throw him in the, under the bus, I get they want to make it look better. But come on, don't throw your guy – I mean, he, yes, he maybe you know went through the, the take sign, but I don't care. This, is, this makes baseball fun to watch. They have another superstar along with Mike Trout, who's every time he's up to bat, you think this guy's going to hit it 450 feet out of the stadium. And like I said, you you made a great point. The casual fan, how are they supposed to get into baseball if every time something like this happens, people are like, oh, that's unwritten rules. Stop doing what you're doing. Let's conform to the teams that are are just bitching about, you know, getting beat by a better team. You know, it's just it's just to me, it's silly and. I don't know, baseball, it just doesn't carry themselves in the right way sometimes. And it goes hand-in-hand with the Astros thing, too. I mean, that's that's one issue. And then you got guys, you know, I mean, I don't know, it's just a fucking mess in the MLB when you got guys doing the right thing and then they're like, oh, let's uh, let's try to shit on them for doing great things on the field. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. No, yeah. I mean, you had pitcher, like Garrett Cole came out and he was like, hey, if I if I pitch you a pitch down the middle on 3-0, take your best hack. I mean, like, it, I'm glad that at least this generation of players are not the curmudgeon old vets from like five years ago that have kind of been weeded out in the last few years. At least there's some youth in there and they're like, OK, this is kind of BS here. Let's get over this stuff. And uh, by the way, Tatis, 317. Average 12 homers, 29 ribbies. I mean, like th- this kid's sick. I mean, he's he's the real deal. Like he's already better than Machado, I think. Oh yeah, I think he, from this point in his career, uh, comparing the two, easily Tatis is, uh, has eclipsed to what Machado was at this point. Tatis hit another home run last night. And a moon, a piss missile down uh, <laughs> to center field. And then Machado walks off to with the walk off grand slam last night. Take your unwritten rules and shove it up your ass, Texas. I mean, that, that came back to bite him in the ass again. I mean, but, yeah, Tatis is something else, dude. Like, it, talk about him on the base paths, too. I mean, every time he's on, he's swiping two bags and he's getting the third base before you know it. And his glove over there at shore is just unreal as well. Yeah, I mean, I wish he'd hit that grand slam last week when you beat me in fantasy because I really needed the fucking points. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking last night, I'm like, 
Damn, he really could have used Tatis this this week when you we played each other last week. And like, dude, he's raking right now. Price, what is he getting you right, on a night like a, like fifteen points? Oh, I'll go. It just shows the last few games. Let me see. It, it, he's got dating back to the fifteenth. It goes twelve one sixteen four eight, Jeez. and he's got hundred sixteen points on the season. Yeah, he's he's like a cheat code almost at this point. Unreal, dude. I mean. But, yeah, I mean, you beat me. You didn't even draft your team the first three rounds, and now I lost to you. I mean, it just kind of sucks. But whatever. We'll see. I mean, we'll see who comes out on top in the end. That's all that counts. Yeah. I'm still not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, budging off that. I'm going to win this fucking fantasy league. I'm telling yeah. you. Keep chucking ahead one, one week at a time. Yeah. I mean, I'm one and two. I'm beating the shit out of Rusty Shark this week. I'll go to two and two. So, I mean, I just need Weinenberger to lose because Weinenberger got a tie last week, which I don't understand. In baseball, in fantasy baseball, I don't know how the hell you get a tie. There's yeah. so many factors in that go into it. Pitching, relief, your hitters, and, yeah. a, and, they, and they tie? Are you kidding me? That's going to kill us. It's going to kill me, at least, in, in the to try to make the playoffs. But yeah, we'll see. But oh, going back to so for Tatis, though, so he's the clear NL um, MVP right now, you think? Oh, yeah. Um, AL side. Brandon Lau, I, I want I want to bring him up real quick. He's he's hitting the ball really well right now. He's, yeah, I don't know. He's probably the best player on the race. Uh, they'll trade him in the offseason, so the Yankees will probably end up picking him up somehow. He's doing too good, but yeah, him and Trout I think right now are I, I, for the AL side. I've been playing you know lights out. My my predictions have been far off. Uh, Acuna's been hurt. Donaldson. Yeah, hurt. what was that Donald? I didn't want to call you out. What was the Donaldson MVP? I was like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, I was. I was reading a bunch of articles, and they were like, yeah, Donaldson's gonna like he's protected in that lineup. He, I'm like, yeah, that's a good sleeper pick. That was stupid, dude. That was. Yeah. Uh, we'll Not see. Not so but, hot there, but nah. I mean that in Vegas. I mean, we got to work on it. We got to work on yeah, it here. I know. Yeah, but uh, hey, I would have said Judge too, but he had to get injured again. So, I mean, yeah. that's another thing. I didn't get to talk about it last week. Judge, again, getting injured. By the way, he said on Sunday, he's like, I didn't have to go on the IL. I could have played. And it's like the Yankees. You know, I know. It's it's the Yankees being like, oh, we're being super caught. It's like DH the guy for a week. I mean, come on. What are you doing? And, yeah, and if he's Stanton, not. Yeah, what were, you saying, what were you going to say? It's like, yeah, if he's not hurt, if you can swing the badge, like you said, great point. Just DH him. You don't have to play the field. You have the Yankees have plenty enough guys to go out and play. You have Frey, you have Frazier, ton of guys that can you know go in and out of that lineup. And to lose that kind of bat, that's what you're seeing now in, the, in these last few games. That's why they're getting beat because they don't have that that bat that kind of cycles that whole lineup together. Yeah, I mean Voit's been pretty damn good. Voit's got nine homers, and then you know Glaber though he's been not so good. I mean he hasn't been Glaber from last year. So he got off to a slow start. His average went from like the mid 100s to the mid 200s, so the average has been jumping. But you haven't been seeing the homers, you haven't been seeing the ribbies from Glaber, um, and you know it's really been just Voit. Uh, some hit because the thing with Hicks, Hicks sitting like 220, uh, but his advanced stats are through the roof because his on base is over 400, mm-hmm. so he's still getting on base. Uh, and then you have Geo, whose advanced stats are through the roof. Mike Talkman, Clint Frazier, so those guys are carrying them. And obviously, when they were playing. Judge Stanton LeMayhew. So the one guy, though, I, I just can't watch him anymore is Gary Sanchez. Not only the bat, dude. I mean, because this is the one thing that annoys me about Yankee fans. 
every time Gary Sanchez hits a home run, I'll go on social media and they'll be like, that's my catcher. Let's go, Gary. It's like he does that once a week. Okay. That's all he does the whole week. He hits one home run, strikes out every other at bat, misses pitches. He's on. Did you hear about this one knee strategy that they're doing with him? I think it's stupid. So you're going to see so many paths. I think you're going to, I mean, the odds, I mean, they tell catchers, you're supposed to smother, get on two knees and you smother that pitch. You know, that's the, the textbook way they, t- they teach catchers going up. On one knee, that leads to you try to backhanding. You're going to try to backhand it. It goes to the legs. I've, I've seen, I think, three pass balls from this this uh, Tampa series. Yeah. Um, and it, it's cost them two runs, uh, actually. I mean, it's it's advancing runners, and then it's giving Tampa a chance. And not only that, down the road, it's going to give other teams chances to capitalize in scoring position. And I don't know. I just think it's it's not a good look. And Gary Sanchez, like I said, he he runs into a pitch once every every week, hits a home run, then he goes over, strikes out. He's not yeah. contributing much to that lineup. He's really not not keeping that. To, you don't see him getting base hits and working quality at bats. It's it's strikeout or a home run. That's it's it's all or nothing for him really. Yeah, and uh, real quick, I mean, I just went on Yankee Twitter to see the lineup today because I figured Gary would be sitting with the uh, day game after a night game. He is. Um, and Duhar was just sent down again. Jeez. And the Yankees just put Britain on the IL with a left hamstring strain. God, it's like clockwork for you guys, man. It, it really is. I, it, I don't know how y'all can't stay healthy. It just, to me, it, it's, it blows my mind. I mean, judge, judge and Stan, that's it's a guarantee every year. And then the, yeah. and the pitching, it's at the back end of the bullpen always seems to, you know, something's always wrong there. But at least you have Chapman's back, right? Yeah, Chapman's back so they can kind of manage the bullpen the way they had been with Britain in the ninth. But just takes that length away, especially yeah. with Canely out for the year. And we'll see, though. And uh, going to the rest of the league, so we're not too Yankee Rays here. Uh, Minnesota with a half-game lead over Cleveland. Uh, did you see Maeda three outs away? And then, for, by the way, I feel like I jinxed it because I was like, hey, I was talking to my brother. I was like, hey, Zachary, you want to watch this ninth inning? Maeda's got a no-hitter. And then first pitch, single from fucking Sogard. Yeah, me and my dad were watching the hockey. And uh, I, I flipped it because I kept seeing the updates on my phone. It's like Maeda's through seven, through eight. He's three outs away. Turned the thing. It was the long inning before the ninth. Killed yeah, him. Yeah, I waited, too. I was like, I was like. If I was Minnesota, just get the three outs and let him go back out because he was trying to stay warm in the in the in the dugout. He was like throwing the towel, just like trying to stretch out. And then obviously, then the second pitch, first second pitch, and it gets an old dinky hit to right field. But and then they almost lost the game. Yeah, he got a no decision. He got a no decision, dude. It's unreal. If I had a no hitter going in the ninth with 115 pitches and I ended up losing, if I ended up getting the no decision or loss, I would be pissed. Yeah, no, that it's not a good. At least they won the game, but still, I mean, that, getting a no decision out of that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to get your opinion on this Cleveland situation here. Uh, this whole Clevenger Plesak deal, they went out and partied. Well, the the, the funny thing about it is that Plesak went out. The Indians thought it was just Plesak, and then Clevenger in the team <laughs> meeting was like, "Oh, I was there too." Showed up in the clubhouse, and then they're like, "You know what? Fuck off, guys. Go to the alternate site." Uh, so first of all, that's just stupid in of itself, but now rumored is that the Indians are keeping them down in the alternate site, uh, to keep their service time down, to get them an extra year of control 
so that either A, they get that extra year of them, or B, there's more trade value for the pitchers. Uh, that's something, I mean, regardless, yeah, they, they messed up and they should be punished in some way. It's good PR to send them down. But to get an extra year of service time out of it, it just shows you how crooked this, this situation is with the players. Yeah, I really didn't read too much about the situation until uh, the other day because I had no idea what was really going on. And it was like kind of like a breach of trust kind of issue, uh, I think, with yeah. the team. Like, all right, you all went out. You know, you're kind of, now we, we've had this COVID thing going on with the MLB where guys are testing and testing positive. Games are getting rescheduled. It's a mess. And teams don't want to be playing doubleheaders twice a week. And I think that the, the Indians were kind of, you know, frustrated with the, with their decisions to do something like kind of stupid go out and risk you're risking it for the whole league and not just your team itself um but to send them down um i think that's gonna i mean if you send them down for a few days hey go learn go you're not going to be with us for this time out of time sorry that's your punishment but don't don't keep them down to try to get a service another year of service time or keep their service time down you know it's just to me it's backwards it let them play you're in second place right now. You're you're a half game behind uh, the Twins, by the way, and and the White Sox aren't going away either. They're 14 on 11, sitting two games out, uh, a game and a half out from Cleveland, uh, which is a playoff spot in that in this format. Um, you got to win all the games you you can, and to have those two guys not in the clubhouse, it's it's a, it's a big blow. Um, and if you're not going to move them, if you're not going to trade them. They got to make a decision here because it's not a good look for uh, the Indians front office if this whole situation keeps uh, lagging on. Yeah, because it's almost at that point like you're trying to lose, which a lot of people in the industry have been saying Cleveland's been trying to be bad for a while. So, you know, that this could be kind of going into that area. You don't want to touch that if you're Cleveland's front office or get anywhere in that rumor mill that you're tanking because you can be punished for that. But uh, also interesting, the Detroit Tigers. Uh, they called up Casey Mize and Tariq Skubal, uh, who are two top pitching prospects, not just for them, but in Major League Baseball. Casey Mize had seven strikeouts last night in his big league debut, uh, and that's the first time a pitcher made his debut with seven or more Ks since Strasburg in 2010, which is crazy. And then uh, Isaac Paredes, their uh, third base prospect, also called up. I think it's a good move by the Tigers. Get your young kids up. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it in our uh, season previews. Uh, get these guys up. The teams that are bottom of the league, find out what they have now. Because this season, is, is a, it's been a, not a, it's not a wash season, but it's like, it's not, if it's, a, it's one of those seasons, if you don't make it, it's not as big of a letdown because it's not 162.
over at Owl Radio this year. Hopefully, Steve, uh, second semester, you're yep. back so we can call those baseball games. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back for sure. Uh, springtime. It's just right now we're just kind of grinding it out. We'll figure it out. But ba- t- come baseball time, we'll be back and rolling. Oh, yeah. Hey, well,